there was a moment like the water was coming inside the, the boat and we were like, oh my God, this is the end. We're not gonna survive, this is the end. Um, finally, we there was some kind of rocks or something in the middle of the ocean. There was like some kind of big, big, huge rocks. And I remember I was on top of the boat uh, next to me was a guy and I that happened during the day thank God and I said what is that he was like that's called orejones welcome to my American vida I'm your host Leisa Carrillo and this is my podcast where I will share the story of my life growing up in Cuba and how I came to live here in America I will share my journey to becoming an entrepreneur with the people who have helped and inspired me along the way. Turn in once a month to enter into my world, to grow personally and professionally. My mission for you to know is don't wait for someone to tell you you are good enough. Because you know what? You already are. Wow, wow. I can't believe this is episode number six already. My intention behind this podcast gets bigger and bigger every time I find myself behind this microphone. You heard my guest today. If you haven't shared this podcast with someone, please do it. Because this one is going to be epic. And if you're ready share it and you part of my family of the podcast thank you so much for all the love and all your reviews sometimes when you have someone as your guest that you respect love and is your family you don't know where to start i feel i know this person very well but at the same time i want to have the best interview her story is an example of overcoming anything in life. Are you guys ready? My guest today crossed the ocean Gulf of Mexico with her very young son on her lap, on an unsafe boat. She motivates me a lot. She brights everyone's life with a lot of colors. I like how she takes responsibility on any stage of her life, even when things go well or not too good. No matter how difficult her life has been, always resolve everything with a positive outcome. Welcome, welcome to my American Vida, my cousin, Prima Isa. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for the invitation. I love to be here with you and I would love to share my story with you and with everybody else. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Mama. Thank you also for taking that little time to spend with me at the house. 
I think, yes, we did this, guys, a couple of times already. I don't know for the first, I mean, the first part we couldn't record, then we record and we're no boys. So we're going to make it epic, like I say, and um, you guys won't forget this podcast for sure. Isa is that kind of cousin that it always been here for me, but literally growing up, we didn't even see each other that much. I think we were talking about yesterday and she remembered two of my birthday. You are more close to my brother in age. So you, I mean, you were with him to the beach. You guys play like with me. It was kind of was like a relationship that grew and grew stronger and better here in America. Why? I think I felt myself reflected in you. You were my inspirations the first time I saw you back here in America. And I think we never talk about this except today, but I remember, you know, seeing you, uh, admiring your improvement, uh, how successful you were. And I always was, oh my God, I want to be as good as she is. So tell us a little bit about you, how you grew up in Cuba. How was your childhood? Well, my childhood was, um, I think like, um, like a lot of Cubans, right? We were very poor. Like we didn't have literally nothing to eat sometimes. My grandma used to, um, um, actually, you know, I grew up with my grandparents and sometimes my grandma didn't have anything to put on the table. So I remember sometimes eating like a piece of bread with some garlic, salt, and uh, oil and that was like our dinner right with a glass of water with sugar and that's it but we were happy I mean um, she was she did so much for me she was so protective and I think I actually became the woman that I am today because of her um, she was very strict but she gave me the best education ever and um, you know I remember when I was leader, my grandma used to bring home some mangoes and I was like, oh yeah, because that's my favorite fruit. And I was like, yeah, we're going to eat mangoes. And she was like, no, that's for dinner. And I'm like, um, but why for dinner? She was like, yeah, that's going to be like our sweet plantains. So she actually have some slices of mango and fry them. If you haven't tried it. You need to try it. <laughs> so she wanted to make it basically like a hot yes, dish. Yes, exactly. Like a hot dish, like a, just exactly. something that you can eat at, as yeah, dinner. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. I never tried that before. I think I have to. If you haven't tried it, you need to try it. It's really good. It's really good. You're going to love it. Especially because you like mango, too. I right? love mangoes. Oh I love mango. Prima, but I feel like you were a really good student. So you went to university. You graduated. Like a, I remember hearing those things that you were like, I mean, like an amazing student. Tell a little bit about that. Yes, I don't like to talk about me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I was um, like, a, like you say it here, you know, like a honor student or a student. Um, I graduated with honors and um, actually, you know, I went to get my degree in teaching. I love to teach, I love kids. That was my passion actually. And I'm so grateful that I could do it. I had the opportunity to do it, but um, after two years of doing so, 
I have to stop because my vocal cords were affected. Why? Because they gave me um, a lot of a lot of classes uh, non-stop during the day since eight o'clock in the morning to four thirty uh, for two years continuously, and um, you know that actually affected my vocal cords. And they told me that I couldn't continue. That they have to, for medical reasons, I have to stop being a teacher. So after that, I went to uh, work in my city. In a, actually, in 1994, they opened the first dollar uh, store, you know, in Cardenas, my city. And um, everybody, literally, everybody <laughs> was applying for a position uh, for, you know, to work on that store. Because, like, let me tell you, I was a teacher, but my salary was only $6 a month. A month, guys. A month. So what can you buy with $6 a month? I remember I used to buy all the time one bottle of oil, a little piece of chicken, and that's it. It didn't, that, that it didn't, was it. it wasn't enough for more things. It was, exactly. So I remember that after I finished um, teaching, I remember being in my bicycle in Cuba trying to sell stuff. Um, I didn't care, you know, if it was a lollipop or if it was coffee, or if it was clothes, but I had to make some extra money because I needed to bring money from my grandma for my son. At that time, you know, I had a baby and I didn't have enough money. So I had to do it one way or another. So in working, being able to work in that store, I was able to get more money a month. Uh, even though it was not like a professional job, I was getting more money. So after that, then I went to Varadero, actually, to work in a hotel. And you're going to be wondering why, you know, she was a teacher. Yes, of course, she couldn't, I mean, because of medical reasons, she couldn't continue. But yeah, I had to work in a hotel because it, this is sad, but the situation in Cuba, um, doctors, sometimes they have to leave their profession and they have to go and work in hotels because even the people that cleans the floor, they get more money than professionals. Totally. You know, yeah. A they, bartender. Uh, anybody that is in the customer service, they make tourism. tips. Yeah. Yeah. And they can so, be... Yeah. I remember so, my doctor, Prima, we go around in a bike. Mm -hmm. If you tell that in any country, people will be like, what are you talking about? He was biking himself around the whole city from hospital to like a, a little homes to, you know, assist anybody in the neighborhood that was sick and he would just be on his bike mm -hmm. sweating with his mm -hmm. white and how much he was paid. <laughs> I, i don't know but i'm pretty sure exactly what you're saying yeah nothing it's sad but that's a reality a lot of people don't know and i'm pretty sure you know in in a lot of countries you know um there are similar situations but it is it is sad it is really sad in vegas and i feel prima One of the biggest reasons, like I say, you always inspire me in so many ways, but your story in the way you came to America, to me, was uh, a what? I was just like, wow. And I remember you telling me, and I was in bed thinking on this story over and over again because to me, I was living it with you, right? So in what point you felt Cuba was enough, I had to get out of here, 
any way possible and just tell us how you made it to America. Okay, first of all, I thought about my son. I didn't want my son to live, you know, what I was going through. Um, we didn't have any food. We didn't have any future. Even if you go to university and you get a career, then you don't have a job. Then it's very hard, you know, to, to, um, it's very hard to find a job even with a degree on your hands. That's what I'm trying to say. So I was thinking about all those reasons and I was like, I don't want my son to grow, you know, to grow in this country. I don't want my son to go through all these things that we're going through right now. I want a better future for my son. So that was the time that I realized, okay, I have to leave my country, even though I still miss my country and I will miss it till the, till the day I die. But you, sometimes you have to make decisions in your life for a better future, not only for you, but for your family as well, especially if you have kids. And my son was only 16 months at that time that I made that decision. And a lot of people think, okay, oh my God, you know, when I tell the story, you're crazy how you did it. You didn't think about your your baby or something. No, that's the reason why I did it because I was thinking about my baby. And yes, of course it's a risk, but if you don't take risk in life, then what's the point? You have to live your life, you know, thinking about, okay, I have two bags, one for winning, one for losing. Am I going to win or am I going to lose? I have to try. Yeah. So... That was the time when I said to my mother, um, I'm leaving, I'm leaving the country, I'm gonna try to find a boat, and that's my decision. And she was like, no, 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 wait a minute. How is that? Are you leaving? And I said, yeah, I already made the decision and I'm not going back. So she was like, okay, well, in that case, I don't know what I'm gonna do if you die in the middle of the ocean. I'm gonna get crazy here, so it's either we all make it or we all died in the ocean, but this is for all of us. So she was talking about uh, my brother that was only 15 years old, uh, herself and her husband. So she said, no, let's start selling everything and we're all gonna do it. So that's when I found um, a friend. He had a boat, a fisherman boat, and he said that he had some room in the boat, right? Because I have a compass. And he was like, no, no, you you can come with us on the boat. You know, we really, we really need someone with a compass. But why? Because that's why the compass? The compass is the, the, the way that you can guide yourself better, you know, to get to the right direction. It's like it tells you, okay, you're going north or you're going south. You're going oh, on the right direction. So... Um, he said, no, that's fine. We were planning to leave like in a month from now. So I have to keep the secret. I couldn't say anything to anybody, not my grandma, not my father, not any family member, not my friends. We had to keep it in secret. And that's why I didn't want to make it so hard um, for my grandma and myself because I love my grandma so much. I didn't know how... I was gonna give her the last hug or the last kiss. So I was trying to make a pattern. Like every day I was leaving the house at five o'clock. I went to my mom's. Um, I spent like two, three hours there and then came back. And that's the way that I did it 
for almost a month until that day came and that day was actually July 10th, 1999. Prima, but let me... Let me ask you something. I remember you said that you sold everything. So what happened when she started seeing you selling your she stuff? She well, she had Alzheimer. Oh, so, that's true. That yeah. was kind of up to the end when exactly. she was more. So and because I was also selling stuff, you know, um, like like I said before, I used to sell lollipops or coffee or whatever. So when she saw people coming to my house and I was selling my um the ac for example <laughs> that it was broken it was a little little ac but even broken you know i had the chance to sell it and i remember i put all the money i got between you know the clothes that i sold the ac the doors the windows prima i couldn't if i wouldn't have the chance to rip the tiles of the floor <laughs> i sell it <laughs> believe me i wouldn't do it but um I would have done it, but um, yeah, I made like $300 and I actually put it on my hair. I made a bun, wow. you know, <laughs> and I put the money uh, in my hair. So that day, as I was saying, the final day, um, you know, I, I gave a hug to my grandma. I gave her a kiss and that was it. I was holding my tears. I had so much pain inside of me, but I was thinking about my son. First of all, my son. It was a very hard decision, but yeah, that's that's how it was. So finally, when we got to the place where uh, there was like a bus that were picking up everybody, you know, that were leaving, actually were 42 people, okay? And the boat was only 26 feet. Now you're gonna be wow. like 26 foot with 42 people how is that possible we made it possible we were on top of each other but we were like we're gonna make it and not only that oh i don't know what happened i think someone said something to a family member to a friend or something that at the time we were waiting for the boat to come we were hiding you know behind the rocks and under the trees well, at the same time the boat came, the police car came. Wow. So the actually the driver of the bus, he put the bus in uh, in front of the the police car as, to give us some time to go and jump in, jump into the boat and those guys of course were arrested um, and actually the owner of the boat he was supposed to stay in Cuba. He didn't supposed to come, but when he saw the police, he was like, no, 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 I stay in my boat, you know, and we left. Thank God everybody made it to the boat. We have to leave behind the food, the water, everything that we brought, you know, that we had um, to bring, in, you know, uh, in the boat with us, we have to leave it. So, and that was good because can you imagine 42 bags of food and water? It would have uh, made the boat heavier. Heavier, so... Everything happens for a reason. So after that, um, as I always say, you know, all Cubans have our own stories, our own experiences. Um, when we come to this country, when we made it uh, to the boat, uh, actually the boat broke um, a couple hours later. We have to 
um, stop at one of the keys. I can't remember the name right now, but until um, the guys fixed the boat, then we were actually like a couple hours um, already and the Coast Guard came. The Cuban the, Coast the Guard. The Cuban Coast Guard, <gasps> big boat, oh metal, gray boat, and they were doing waves on, you know, trying to um, turn, flip. Tur flip our boat, exactly. Goodness. So we were like, you know, showing our babies, showing our kids, like, don't do that, please. And they were like, you have to go back. And they put the guns right, they were pointing um, the guns to us and they were like we're gonna kill you if you don't go back and we were like okay so then kill us because we're not going back we're gonna go and we're not going back so I think finally they made it to international waters at some point where they have to go back and let me put something here now because um, I think there is so much miss mixed, uh, I don't know what you say, but there is so much around immigrants, Cuba. I think it's been, it's like a, a forever ending. I feel like a, people don't even know uh, if you don't live the way we live, you know, that we are just living such a bad life where we are from, that when we are willing to risk our life, guys, that means a lot. You know, sometimes when we tell this story, not because, oh my God, yes, we did it. No, it just that tells you how bad some third world countries have it. You know, we are so lucky here in America. This is like an amazing country. There is so many opportunity in our country. There is no opportunity. There is no own decision. You are basically like a, you live in your own jail and your own jail is your country. So that's why I always say when we made these decisions, guys, to leave everything behind, to be so brave is because, I mean, anything can be better than what we have exactly. at that moment, you know, and you get desperate. You're like, it's not worth it living this life the way we live in it with no freedom, no way of expressing yourself, no eating well. You're going to get sick anyway. Mm -hmm. You can die anyway mm -hmm. from getting any some sort of like, you know. So I, I totally get you. Like, I, I feel you. You're telling me this. And even that we got here in different times, I felt, I, I felt you, you know. And I know so many people go through this. Mm -hmm. Every single day, there is thousands of people coming the way you did. Mm -hmm. And not only that, like, we had, like, bad weather. When we were coming, there was bad weather. It was actually a day like today. It was July 10th when I left my country. And, this is uh, so amazing this that we are. <laughs> we are talking but, today that day. Yeah, 20, 22 years already, and it seems like yesterday. I still have that experience in my mind, like if like if it was yesterday, because it's so, uh, it's so hard. Everything that we went through, um, you actually think that you're gonna die. Okay, and you're not gonna. And it's kind of like you're ready for that, right? One yeah. Point. So it's like there was a moment like the water was coming inside the the boat, and we were like, "Oh my God, this is the end. We're not gonna survive. This is the end." Um, finally, we there was some kind of rocks or something in the middle of the ocean. There was like some kind of big, big, huge rocks, and I remember I was on top of the boat. Uh, next to me was a guy and I that happened during the day thank God and I said what is that he was like that's called 
orejones. I don't know how to say that in English, but I was like, and so what happened if we if we hit that? He was like, well, we 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 die because that can open the boat you in, know, half. in half. I was like, oh my god, okay, this is not good. So the the owner of the boat, he said, okay, all all men they have to jump into the water to help. Uh, you know, to move the boat into a different direction. Otherwise, you know, it would open the, the boat in half. So when they jump into the water, they actually cut their feet with the rocks <gasps> and there was blood all over the water. I was thinking about the sharks. Oh my God, that was very, very, very bad. Everybody got nervous. Like, okay, what about if sharks comes? But thank God, we didn't see any sharks. So we continue until we actually made it to the Gulf of Mexico. And that's when the water started coming in different directions and the water had a, a color that I've never seen before. It was a combination of blue with red, um, like a purple, deep purple color. It was like blood combined with blue. I don't know, it was something really, really weird. I've never seen that again in my life and um, then at night I'm talking about 36 hours okay so then at night we finally made it to the Keys Marathon Key actually and for some reason the boat couldn't continue so this this key is in South Florida right in Miami yes South Florida Marathon Key so for some reason I don't know what happened but we couldn't continue and that was three o'clock already in the morning. So everything was dark. We didn't see anything. We didn't know that we were actually in America. We thought that we got lost in the ocean. We ended up in Bahamas or Mexico, who knows? We didn't know anything at that time. So the guys that knew how to swim, they went first, tried to see you know, if the way was safe for everybody else to swim. They came back. They said, okay, only the ones that know how to swim jump and we're going to guide you, little by little. Um, that's how we did it in two groups. The one that knew how to swim and the others, right? So that so means they went back that, and forward, back yes, and forward. Yes, back and forth, yes. So at the time we got to the land, uh, there was a law in United States at that time. I don't know if it's still act, um, active or not. But at that time, there was a law called wet foot, dry foot. So if you, meaning that if you touch land, you were legal in this country. Okay, the, the, the government couldn't, the police, they couldn't send you back. So we actually made it to the land and it was already seven o'clock in the morning wow. when we made it. And um, one of the guys, I remember he was running um, it was like, a, I remember it was like a trailer zone and he was running and he was looking for the tags, the plates of the trailers when he saw Florida. <laughs> oh my God. He was like, oh my God, we made it. We're in Florida. Yes, we are in the United States. And we were crying and, and all the people start 
coming out and they brought us food, they brought us clothes. You mean the neighbors? The yeah, the people that were living in the trailers. So they called the police and the police came. And um, actually, you know, I remember the officer, Officer Hernandez, and I remembered his last name because I'm Hernandez too. And uh, he said, welcome to United States. And that was like a feeling that it's a beautiful feeling. A beautiful feeling when he said that. It's indescribable. It's yes, like... that's, that's amazing. So um, after that, we went to Chrome. You know, we have to go to jail and go through all the process and all that to get clear. And guess what? Remember what I told you about my money in my hair? I know. <laughs> I was the only one that was able to keep the money because they take everything. Oh, you know, of course. they take your clothes, they take your bags, whatever you brought from Cuba, and they give you the uniforms and all that. But they didn't talk. They didn't tell me, okay, you have to put your hair down. So I was able to keep my three hundred dollars. So good. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, thank God. So finally, you know, I called my cousin in West Palm Beach and she she said, yes, of course, you can stay here. That's no problem. My mom, my brother and my stepfather, they went to Texas and mm -hmm. they were there like for three months um, until my mom, um, she had to receive some kind of surgery because the last one that she received in Cuba was not that good. So she was having a lot of pain and all that. And she asked me to, you know, she said, okay, can I go back to Florida because I need to have surgery and I need you to take care of me. And I was like, okay, of course. So she came from Texas, but she couldn't have the surgery done because the health um, insurance here is different than in Texas. So here she didn't have the same of course, benefits yeah. and all that. So she had to live in pain forever. Um, and after that, after we made it to the United States, of course, it's like, okay, actually we were born again the day that we made it. <laughs> totally agree with you. You have to learn everything. You have to <laughs> learn the language. Even though I learned English in Cuba, I learned English you know, like with a Cuban uh, guy, you know, it's not the same. When you go to school, you don't learn from Americans, you learn from Cubans. So the phonetic is different. Uh, the vocabulary is different. Everything is different. You actually have to train your um, your ears, you know. Totally. Like I say you have to actually talk a lot. You have to do a lot of, um, like, I remember... Um, I went to an agency to get a job and she said, and I said, I want to be able to train a little bit more. I want to train my, you know, the language. I want to be able to practice. And she said, okay, try to get some customer service job. Mm -hmm. So my first job was at a Kmart. I was actually a cashier was, I was able to talk to a lot of people and, um, um, my salary was like $5.25 and I was so happy <laughs> because being a teacher in Cuba getting $6 a month, having $5.25 an hour, that was like, wow, this is great. <laughs> Even though I didn't have a car or I didn't have a bicycle or anything to go to work, I have to actually walk 
from my house to my job it was like some kind of like two hours walking wow. but i didn't care i was happy here i was so happy um it was it, the happiest walk yeah <laughs> i don't care if it is on the if it, if it was raining or if it was cold or hot i was happy that's, that's called appreciation When yes. you are born without having things, you appreciate everything. 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 I feel the same. I appreciate anything. Oh my God. I walk to places and, and I meet people and I'm telling you, oh my God, this is so beautiful. Yes. And they're like, oh, really? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> you know, like I think we see things differently yes. with different eyes. Yes. And um, after that, I got another job at a gas station. And because they were paying me six dollars, and I was like, "Yay, <laughs> I want that job!" So um, after I started working there, I remember Maria. She she was selling her car for five hundred dollars, and I was like, "Yes, this is my opportunity. I'm gonna to be stop able walking too yes. much." Yes. <laughs> so Maria, I bet you were in shape, huh, for that walking? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> You have the best legs. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Maria sold me her car only for $500. At that time, believe me, $500 was $500. So I didn't try the car before. You know, I didn't take it for a ride or anything. I just bought it and that's it. Well, when I went to I-95, the car broke. Oops. Right there, stopped. And all the smoke started coming out of the car, and I was like, oh, my God. I started crying. I lost my $500. But then I said, you know what? I'm, go I'm in America, so I'm going to do things in the American way. <laughs> I'm going to go to a dealership, and I'm going to find a car. <laughs> so I remember I went to Chevrolet dealer, and uh, I bought a I, – well, I didn't buy it. You know, I financed a Chevy Malibu 2000. I don't remember those. So I was paying like if it was a Mercedes. I bet. I was happy because I had a car. Even though I was paying a lot of money, the interest rate was crazy. But I had a car. And at that time, I had the opportunity to say, you know what? Now I'm going to try to find a job, a decent job. You know, like I can get a little bit more money. I have to I have a baby. My baby was only 16 months. So I needed more money too. So I started applying everywhere, the airport, at the mall, um, law firms. And I said, the first one that calls me, that's the one. I don't care. So <laughs> I don't care. I'm just going to go for it. And the first one to call me was the law firm. And I remember the lady from the law firm, the H, uh, lady from HR department, she was so sweet. And... She said, oh, Isa, we have a, a position, a file clerk position, and uh, it's only $9 an hour, but I'm pretty sure if you do it well, you know, we can increase your salary with the time. Oh, my God, that was the best moment of my life. I was like, oh, yes, $9 an hour. <laughs> I was like jumping in one leg. <laughs> you did jumping jacks at the end. You're like, oh, oh this is Oh, my a God, I was so happy, so happy. So finally, you know, I started working there. It was a very, very good law firm. Uh, it's very famous all around the world. 
and I was so lucky to be there. I was so lucky to be around, surrounded with professionals. They were like my family. They taught me so many things. Um, and I was doing my job with so much passion that I gave that company not my 100%. I gave them my 200%. And um, they saw me working so hard that as soon as they had another position open for paralegal clerk, they offered that position to me. You and also did a lot of like um, extra courses courses yes. to learn more yes, and i remember course. you telling me that you were like yes i actually went from a cubicle to my own office and i had a lot of certificates all around the wall the you know hanging on the walls and every time i had free time i was not spending my time doing nothing i was like learning more i wanted to keep um uh, learning and and I wanted to grow in that company. I didn't want to stay in the same position. I want to prove myself that, yes, I didn't come to this country for nothing. I didn't risk my life or my family's life for nothing. I had to be, you know, strong and I had to continue educating myself and, um, you know, going for a better, better um but what was the highest um, I actually at went, the, co a company. the company I actually got to senior project assistant and that was like wow I can tell you I was very very proud of myself at that point and they were very proud of me too because I remember um, after 10 years of being there after 10 years of um, being happy as I said you know working there I there was there was the end right um, the my um, ex-husband he asked me to leave the company because he wanted me to go to the business of course and support the business the family business and I cried so much and I remember talking to the head of the shareholder shareholders of the company and he said to me something that I still remember, and I have those words in my heart. Um, he said to me, Isa, a lot of people come and go, you know, um, in this office, but only few leave fingerprints, and you're one of those. Those words to me were like the best. And I remember how much responsibility you have because I would call you and you would be like, oh, okay. Prima, today I have a little headache. Like you would go to trials. You would go to like with the to bigger, the to the courthouse. You yeah. were doing was so much. Witness preparation. I, I really, really liked it. I, you know, I always say this to everybody. And this is like an advice that I give to my friends, my family, everybody. Whatever you're going to do, try to do what you like. Because if you're going to wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning to or hate at 3 o'clock in yeah. the morning, do it with love. You're happy doing it. If you're going to be miserable, don't do it. Of course. Don't stay in a place where you're going to be miserable or you're not going to be happy. Don't do that ever, please, because that's the worst thing that can happen to you. 
And life you know, is too short, and guys. Life, and exactly, that's, it that's is too exactly short to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I was just listening to this the other day, Prima. There was this lady saying, she was doing a math about life. She was saying, okay, you live this amount of years, you work this time, from this time to this time of the day. That is a total of this amount of hours. The amount of hours that we spend on work and sleeping is the is bigger than the month the amount of hours that we spend having fun enjoying life mm-hmm. you know between sleeping and working it takes a lot of the hours in our life and just only a minimum are the ones that we are i don't know on vacation or like it, she did a math how many times you go on vacation a year how many days you take off all of that and it was so minimal compared with how much we spend on work mm-hmm. so if you're going to be at work Please be happy. I agree. <laughs> totally agree with you. And yeah. not to mention, guys, when she say, I went, she just say it like that because she's kind of like, you know, she's just humble. But she said, oh, I went to help the family business. This family business started in a garage. And she took it to another level. It ended up being the most successful company in West Palm. In Palm Beach County. Uh, County. Like, people will go there from everywhere, even from Miami. Yes, Miami. They're supposed to be bigger. Jupiter, everywhere. We became wholesalers and manufacturers, and um, we built an empire. Totally. I'm proud of that because we were so hard. You know, sometimes people said, oh, my God, she's driving a nice car. She had a beautiful house, whatever. But, yes, do you know how much we sweat? To get to that point, I remember we were not sleeping. We were, my son was actually with us, um, you know, at work. Totally. We had to sacrifice a lot, but we were so hard. Um, and I remember that's why I think we we became also super close because you would come from Florida to Las Vegas for to conventions. for all the conventions. Yep. Vegas hosts a lot of conventions, and Last you would shows. yeah, she would be here mm-hmm. every other year, every, every other, other year. year. Since two thousand six, I know, and you would yeah. literally like switch companies. You would buy different machines. You were hustling, like thinking. Like I remember one day. You guys were waiting for this Italian guy yeah. to be the last day. You know, you know how in convention the last day people sells everything. Yeah. You guys price. change, yeah. You guys change the flight. You like no, you see he's gonna sell it for that price. Yeah. We're gonna wait until the end that he has to just no choice. Nobody offer him anything, and I think you guys got I it right. Mean, yeah, we got it. <laughs> you guys made the deal. Yeah. Yeah. You know that's what I that's what I that's what it takes. You know. Yeah. So. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, that's why I say if you're going to do it, do it with love and do it with passion. Um, that's the best. And always have, try to have a smile on your face. Even if the situation is bad, try to think positive. You know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If not, I only agree. God knows why it didn't happen. So. <laughs> do you consider yourself brave and Prima, after all, right? I mean, you know, sometimes yes. what we see, how we see ourselves, other people don't see, and vice versa. Maybe I see you, the brain. I mean, I, you to me, everything, but sometimes, you know, you might feel different. No, I do. I do think, yes. Um, as I said, you know, you have to take risk in life, but yes, I think to make a decision to go into a boat and cross the ocean. Yes. That takes a lot. I think so. <laughs> Prima, I 
I think I heard about your life many a times. We talk, we spend hours when we go on vacation. We have been on vacation together. I mean, but I always tell you, Prima, if you make a book, not even a book, if you made a movie, you're going to become a millionaire. <laughs> I mean, your movie's going to get sold because it's so interesting. This is, guys, just a small part of her life. If I'm telling you everything, we will be here talking for three hours. Or more. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, um... Let's see that we make a movie, right, about your life. When do you think in the movie everybody's going to get up and it's going to start applause? Prima, I'm not going to give credits to myself. I'm going to give all the credits to my mom. I think that moment was when she said to me, okay, if you made the decision to leave the country in a little boat and you died in the ocean, this is gonna be like a family thing. It's either we all make it together or we all die together. That to me, that's the moment where I think everybody's gonna be like, wow, that woman is, wow. You know, she, she didn't think about herself. She didn't think about you know, her surgery, her cancer surgery that she only had three months before we got into the boat, she thought about her kids. Um, she thought about a better future for everybody. So I will give all the credits to my mother. Totally agree. She was brilliant. Like she was just so special to all of us. I think she was that, that perfect aunt like everybody loved her like i think she was a light so special and i think uh, you touch base on that like kind of like quick but guys going through cancer that cancer that that's a lot actually she passed away a year and a half ago because of cancer and um it was very very hard and even even when she was going through pain and a lot of bad moments, she never say anything to us. Like she was always positive. I to know. The end. I was there. She exactly. She was always trying to give us the best advices. Always. I remember yeah. she was telling me, "You have to be strong. You are the older uh, sister." Um, it's only my brother and myself and I've been always like the strongest in the family you are strong everybody I am strong but in front of people like when I have my moments of course like everybody else um, nobody see me when I'm crying because I always try to um, put myself you know inside of a in the bathroom or something with the like same that. with the same I nobody the knows <laughs> i close the door and nobody see me crying they only see me with a smile in my face i remember when i was in um but you said she school. said that right too right you your yes. mom used to tell you like no matter what just put in always a smile always a smile in your face and i remember when i was in um in that school to get my degree for being a teacher i remember a friend he used to call me the girl with a thousand smiles because <laughs> if I was mad, I would look at you with a smile, but a different kind of a smile. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if I was happy, of course, but yes, I, I always try to give you that smile. She, I mean, like you guys are. And I think I got that from my mom. Totally. That's what I yeah. want to say. 
I remember her always, always being positive. Positive, and she would literally DM me on Instagram. She would follow me on Facebook. She con- she remind congratulate you, me. Remind you of all the dates, everything, and everything. everything. <laughs> she would she would memory. know where the city I was going. She would know what show yeah. I was doing. She would know the hair color I did, <laughs> and I was like, Tia, how? Like she was so on point of everybody's life to make everybody feel good. Special. And it's special. She yeah. was she was yeah. a special. And now that you say that part of your movie, let's call it like that. <laughs> like you if you think about how you can pick to be a victim of something mm-hmm. that goes bad in your life or take a good outcome. Mm-hmm. Like she wouldn't be like, Hey Isa, remember I just have surgery two months ago, like I'm still not doing good. Do you really wanna go? Do you really want to go to United States and just leave me? Like, you know, like she didn't do that to you. Mm-hmm. Like she did completely opposite. She was like supporting. supporting. Us. She was mm-hmm. a strong. She was your rock. Yeah. And um, I'm so glad that we talk about her because I love her course, so much. I keep her so close to my heart. Of course. Every single second. <laughs> I know. I know. Thank you. I, I know that she's very happy uh, that we are doing this together. Oh, totally, <laughs> totally, totally. I know she's watching us. Mm-hmm. Isa, if there is something that you would advise people today, or even myself, I know you know me, but if you want to advise me with something that can help me and can help others, what would that be? Well, knowing you that you are, <laughs> <laughs> you are like me, um, in a, you know, um, I would say, prima, learn how to say no. <laughs> take, take my advice. I learned in the hard way. I helped so many people. I did so much for... So many, I know. For so many, yes. <laughs> and at the end, you think that they're gonna... I don't do things for people to appreciate me, you know, or appreciate what I'm doing. I just do it from my heart. But you know what? Sometimes that stress that you put on yourself is not worth it you know you sometimes you have to learn how to say no because you really need to um if, if I, I used to if you have a problem that becomes my problem uh, so that's the way I'm i used to worry too much and i got sick sometimes and i was so stressed out not because of me but because of other people's problems and i said you know what enough is enough and that's it. And now I know, like I said, I learned in the hard way, but sometimes you have to do what you have to do. And you have to think about yourself too. Your health, you need to have a lot of mental health, you know, and peace. I agree. And Especially us that we are so busy with so many business, so many things. And not things, only that, we're like, so sensitive that yeah. it, it affects us. Totally. You I'm know? always, I'm such a people pleaser that sometimes, exactly. and, and even I do things for myself, but it's not enough. Like I say, mm-hmm. if you consider the times that you're putting for yourself, to yourself, to give love to yourself, it it's isn't enough. Nothing, it's yeah. so small. Thank you for telling me this. Yes. Thank you for reminding me with, because yes. I, I tell myself all the time, but, but never is enough. Like I feel like I, I keep continuing. You want another advice? Yes, please. Reiki. I know you were saying that. I'm doing this. I just finished my first level. And I'm going to continue. 
until I get my master. Oh, you see? I'm telling you guys. Here she is. Until I finish my master, I feel Reiki is the piece that I was missing in my life. I heard I, so many good things about it. Too. Yes. It's a healing process where you learn a lot and I want to help others, uh, you know, doing Reiki. So, yeah, that's another advice. <laughs> Definitely. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call your instruction, your instructor when she comes back from Europe. I actually took the classes in Spanish because I feel more connected. I feel, because I took it in English and in Spanish, you know, but I feel more connected with Spanish. Okay. So, um, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hopefully we can do it together. I can catch up with you yes. and get on your level. <laughs> Oh my goodness, this is getting to the end, Prima. I don't want to leave. I know, I know. <laughs> We're having so much fun. Um, I mean, and I think the audience too. I think uh, connecting with you is so special. Seeing some somebody bright like you um, sharing her story is important. It's important people to see that no matter where you come from, you, you can, can you, you can, can make it. it. Yes. If we did it, of course, anybody everybody. can do it. You know, so... But last thing, um, if you want to see a change in the world today, what that would be? Today, I will change COVID-19. Um, COVID-19 have been taking so many lives that it's not even funny all around the world. And um, if I could change that, I will. Um, I only ask the audience to please pray for everybody in the world and especially for my country where um, Cardenas, the city that I'm from, is going through a very, very um, bad situation. Yeah. A lot of people are dying. A lot of my friends have died in the last couple of days. Um, I also have family members with COVID in Cuba. Um, please, please, please pray. Pray for, for them. them because also not only that they're getting sick and they're dying the worst part also is that they uh, are not picking up the dead bodies yet. i know prima it's know. been like 12 days i know i heard i heard it's it's, it's painful worse. i just post today about it because it's it is the world has to know you know i feel like these third world countries, they, they don't have medicine. They were not, they behind, you know, when the war is getting better covered, we're yeah. getting worse over there. Yes. And it's sad because this is, even though we're here, our home is Cuba, Yeah. you know, and even though we're proud to be in this country, we're proud to be American citizens. We are so thankful for this country that opened their uh, arms for us, you know, and, but our, our home, our family, our friends are still there. Yeah, and our heart always going to have a piece of Cuba. Of course. And hearing the news, it hurts. I don't know how to help it because I don't have that many family. And the one that I have left, they pretty like a, on the country, country, countryside. They're not too close to the city, so there is not many cases there. But I'm still so worried about those are the people that I know. The you know, they were my dad's friends, like anybody, I, 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 can, I can tell. I can tell the pain, um, the message, um, you know, when I see them posting, the numbers, literally, I can get goosebumps right now. It's, it's crazy. But let's pray. Let's pray for a better world, more peace, you know. 
this COVID-19 has to like get to the end somehow. It's like you're living a horror movie. I never thought that I was gonna experience some something like this in my life. You know that I thought that would last a couple of months, right? Like, or even a couple of weeks. When everything got shut down, I was like, I wasn't even mentally ready for something like this. Nobody. Nobody. I was like, what? What do you mean this is, what? Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. I was just so lost until I kind of, like, realized. And you know what? Also, Prima, because we're so positive about everything mm-hmm. that is bad in life because we've been through so much that I feel like we create that, um, how you call it, like, Yes, like a, oh, it's like a yeah. strong like, like, like layer. layer. It's like mm-hmm. a layer that protects like us, a wall. like a wall to mm-hmm. the world. We like we walk around with that wall, like oh nothing can stop us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but sometimes things can stop, and I think uh, mm-hmm. this COVID nineteen did and, stop and us. This is this is like I I talk to many people about this. Is this um some this happen so we can do this you know like put our head head down and realize okay god is over there he has control and no matter if you're rich if you're poor if you own this or that if it's you know if you're gonna get it you're gonna get it mm-hmm. this is not a joke this I is agree. not a joke no and it can happen to anybody anybody yep nobody can escape <laughs> Thinking we made it through. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you again. Give You're me a welcome. hug. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I love, love you so much. I love you more. And <laughs> thank you for giving me a piece of your time. I know of you course. came for your birthday weekend. Yes. And I just robbed you in this little <laughs> studio to do this. And I hope all the audience enjoy this moment. We're literally hugging each other now, hugging our hands, holding it tight. Because I'm, that's much you love each other, and we Looking just want. I know, and and I and I'm I hope the energy. Yeah, feeling the all energy. the energy, and I and I hope they did too. Yes. I know this is a microphone, things kind of far away, but I'm so grateful for all the listenings and all the piece of life, a piece of myself that is not just hair or Lisa on the stage teaching. I think this is also me my family, the people that I love and see you guys on the next one. Thank you so much for listening my American vida.